This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Next, we'll have uh, today's scripture reading taken from uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. If you have your phone or Bible, please uh, flip or scroll to chapter 4. If not, you can refer to the projection on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every kind of wind, teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him, who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligaments, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its works. This is the word of God. We now have uh, Nick to preach to us God's words. Good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, mothers here. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, your word is a light to our feet, light to our path. And we pray for us today that may your word illuminate how we should live. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey friends, uh, last Tuesday, I was about to have dinner and then suddenly, my phone started buzzing non-stop. All the messages were coming in from all my friends, all my contacts at church and outside. What was going on? Well, you saw this, you know what it was. It was the new COVID measures. Now, my family of five can't hang out with you. 
outside. Now, if you had arranged a Mother's Day dinner tonight for eight people, now three people can't make it. And we have even more restrictions in weddings, at funerals, and even at school. Now, maybe for some of us, you're happy. You're happy that you can spend more time at home working from home. Or maybe for some of us, we are happy because we can spend more time playing among us rather than hanging out among us in real life. But something is lost. Something is lost when we can't meet physically. You see, when I'm happy, when we are happy together, I can only type LOL or LEL rather than laugh with you. Or if someone's sad, the only kind of empathy we can give is a sad emoji. So something is lost. And something is also lost in our church life when we can't meet together, when we can't have everyone together. So some of us show love by going on Zoom, and some of us are showing love by coming physically in person. Now, thank you uh, for showing love, whether you are on Zoom or you're physically with us. You see, COVID has separated us into online church, physical church, breakout rooms, and now groups of five. So how can we be united when we are physically so separated? How can we be united? Today I want to show you what Christian unity looks like from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 16. Now the lessons, with, the lessons in this passage are timeless. So it doesn't matter whether we are separated by COVID or we are together again after COVID. Our passage tells us how to be united. Our passage today will we'll focus on two aspects of our unity. So uh, first, in verse 3, it says that we are already united. We are already united. So it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Friends, we already have this unity, so we keep it, we guard it. Guard the unity because we are already united. Next, uh, verse 13, this is the second thing about unity. Verse 13 says that we are being united. Verse 13, until we reach unity, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So unity is somewhere that we reach. Unity is our goal, our end point. We are being united. So we grow the unity. Grow the unity because you are being united. So I've divided our passage today into two parts. So how to be united? Grow, guard the unity because you are already united and grow the unity because we are being united. So if you have, if you have this, the outline, it's guard the unity and grow the unity. Our first point is to guard the unity. Now what does it mean to guard the unity? We guard the unity by living a life worthy of the calling that we have received. That's from verse, chapter 4, verse 1, or literally uh, from verse 1 to walk, to walk worthily. Now that's Paul's main instruction from verses 1 to 3. Let me read from the ESV for us. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now friends, our walk uh, determines the direction of our lives, where we are going. So that's, that's how it describes how we live. Where, what is the direction that you're walking towards? 
And in this, in today's passage, we are starting on the second part of Ephesians. So this second part is all about how you walk, how you live, the way you live. So today we are going to learn about what it says about walking in unity. Next week we'll learn about how to walk in holiness by not following the way, for not, by not walking the way the Gentiles do. And the following week we'll be learning how to walk in love. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Now today we are going to focus on how to or just walk, walk in love. Today we're going to focus on learning to walk in unity. So you walk in a direction, verse 1, that our calling brings us. We must live worthy of our calling. Now what is this, what is this calling? Well, from the book of Ephesians, we've learned what this means. We've learned that we are saved by God's grace. We've learned that we are united, all of us, Jew, Gentile, united as Christ's body. And we are, we are under, all of us are under Christ's sovereign rule. So what does it mean to live a life that is worthy of our calling? Now it's like, what we're trying to do here is we're like matching occupations. Matching occupations with their responsibilities. So, a policeman, his job is to catch the crooks. A math teacher is supposed to teach maths. And a policeman now cannot catch, sorry, a policeman isn't supposed to teach maths, and a maths teacher isn't supposed to catch crooks. So what is a life that matches the Christian calling? What is a life that is worthy of our calling? And this life is in verses 2 to 3. But look at it. Do you see what, how, what this life looks like? Do you see what the answer is? Now listen to what it says. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So the life that is worthy of our calling is a life that affects both our mind and our manner, our attitudes and our actions. So in our minds, we are humble, we are gentle. That's what verse 2 says, and we are patient. If we see ourselves as lowly compared to other people, we serve gently in love. We are patient, we are long-suffering as we serve each other. And in our manner towards others, we bear with one another, we endure one another in love. Now, humble, gentle, patient, bear with one another. Sounds like church is going to be a rough place. Sounds like people are going to be hard to love, and yet, I must still love them. I'm patient and love them, even though they hurt me. And why is, the, why is the life that matches the calling? This is the life that matches the calling. One that with your mind, with your manner, you're fully serving each other in love. Now why is that? Because a humble person is first to admit that he is lowly. He has nothing good for God to save him. Yet God saves him. So he knows that he is lowly, humble, so he serves other people in a lowly and humble way. And a patient woman, she's first to admit that she, she, that God is impatient with her. That God patiently bore with her and by not pouring out his wrath on her. Not just that, he saved her. So she serves other people patiently 
you and I can only bear with one another in love when we realize how much God has borne with us in love. How much He loved us while we were still sinners. And He saved us. The more you know the love of Christ, how wide, how long, how high, how deep, the more you will bear with one another in love, the more you will serve in love. And that's not all. Uh, in verse 3, it says that the Spirit has already given us the unity. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So we are not united by being physically together. We are already united through the Spirit, through everything that Christ has done for us, not whether we are in the same place at the same time physically. So we make every effort, we be eager, absolutely zealous, to guard this unity that we already have. So unity is already there. Serve in love. Guard the unity in humble love because you are already united. Guard it. Don't let the unity go. I heard that there's this church in Singapore that rosters small groups to clean their building, clean different parts of the building on cleaning day. So people always turn up. They turn up without fail, unless it is their turn to clean the toilet. So when when it's their turn to clean the toilet, you'll be saying, "Sorry, bro, something came up." So one day, the, the pastor came to church during the cleaning day, and he this his, uh, so cleaning day uh, means this happens I think once a month. Okay, so this is not our church. So one day, the pastor came to church on a cleaning day. He wanted to encourage the person clean the, the group that's cleaning the toilet. We went to the toilet, we found only one person cleaning the toilet. And now this person, he was dressed in office attire, and he realized that he was this person was an older man. And when he took a closer look, he realized that this person was a highly respected CEO of a local company. And this person this this this, person, this gentleman is a member of this church. So this Older man, this highly respected CEO, humbled himself in love to do the toilet cleaning that no one wants to do. Well, this is what walking worthy looks like. This is what guarding the unity looks like. This serving humbly in love, doing the things that no one wants to do because we are already united. Guard the unity. Now, we saw that Christians are already united. And through the book of Ephesians, we've seen that we are all united because of what Christ has done for us. In verses 4 to 6, we see even more reasons why, why we are already united. Because we have all the same things. We have a lot of the same things because of Christ. So listen to what Paul says from verse 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now, not two bodies, two spirits, two hopes, two lords, two faith, two baptisms, two God and Father. It doesn't mean that you, you are part of the normal body and I am part of the body with wings. It's not that you have the spirit 1.0 and I have the spirit 2.0. This passage says we have all the same stuff. We are all equally Christian. 
So we are already united. Guard the unity because you are already united. Don't let it go. Now what does guarding the unity look like? We guard the unity by living worthy of your calling. We guard the unity by humbly, by patiently uh, bury one another in love. Guard the unity when unity feels like it's slipping away. When it feels, when hugging, well, sorry, when serving other people in love feels like hugging a porcupine. When serving other people in love chips away at your soul. Now, where do we find the strength? Where do we find the strength to love the, the unlovable brother or sister? How do we find the strength to serve them in love? We find that strength in how in God, in how God first loved us, unlovable, rebellious sinners. How God first patiently, humbly, gently bore with us while we were sinners. So if your brother or sister is encouraging, encourage them, guard the unity. Maybe send them a text or do a video call, meet them in person, or even deliver food to them. If your brother or sister needs help, guard the unity. Offer to help. So offer to help with babysitting, maybe help, help with, with schoolwork, help get groceries. Remember, remember how God has loved you and saved you while you're a sinner. Then we guard the unity that we already have. Serve in love. Now today we're trying to find out how to be united. So the first point is to guard the unity. Now we're going to our second point. Grow the unity. Grow the unity. Now how do we grow this unity? We grow the unity with the three G's. We grow as the giver gives gifts for this goal. The giver gives gifts for this goal. So first we look at the giver. So Christ is our gift giver. Chapter 4 verse 7. But to each of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. But Christ is this conquering king who has enthroned, Christ is this conquering king who, has entr- who is enthroned over all powers and authority. And verse 10 tells us that Christ has ascended higher, higher than all the heavens, so his rule fills the whole universe. But Christ is the supreme conqueror, supreme king, supreme victor over all. And in the past, conquering kings will give his, his people gifts. In the same way, Christ the conqueror gives gifts uh, to his people. Christ the conqueror, Christ the king, has given you gifts to help us to be united, to become mature. Now what gifts did Christ give us? The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, 13, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 14, that that Christ has given us a lot of gifts. But there are gifts in focus here. The gifts in focus are from verse 11. What gifts are there? So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. These are your gifts. So Christ gave us word ministers. These are guys who give us the word. So first, God gave us, Christ gave us 
apostles and prophets. So Christ gave us apostles and prophets who reveal God's mystery to us about Christ. Now Paul is one example of, of the apostle and the prophet because so if you look back in chapter 3, verse 4, this is what Paul says. So in reading this, reading the letter of the Ephesians, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known, not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So this mystery is something that they didn't know in the past, but now with the apostles and prophets, Paul writes down the mystery so that the church, so that the Ephesians, so that you and I can know what this mystery is. The foundation is laid about Christ. The foundation about Christ is laid, so we all know what the apostles and prophets want to say. So we have all the foundation that we need in the Bible. There's no more foundation to be laid. So as we read our Bibles, we are seeing what the apostles and prophets have to say. Next, Christ gave us evangelists. So these are guys who preach the gospel, whether wherever they are, whether they are in Singapore or in other countries, they're always preaching the gospel. And then Christ gave, uh, gave us the pastor teacher. Now their role is to, to, is to shepherd us, to teach us God's word by giving us God, by, and giving us godly examples to follow, by protecting us from false teaching. Now you might wonder, now why did Christ give us all these word, all these word ministers? Why, how does that help with our unity? The answer is in verse 12. How do word ministers help with our unity? Verse 12. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. But Christ gave us word ministers to equip us for works of service. Our works of service are the lowly, slavish job that no one wants to do. Now this means that Christ, you know, this conquering king, the supreme king over the whole universe, he gave us precious gifts, important gifts, not, to, not for us to achieve our lofty ambition, not for us to become spiritual giants, but for us to serve in love, to be humble. That's the kind of love, the kind of humility, the kind of service that we saw in verses 2 to 3. And to put other people before us, to help them grow, to help the body grow, to grow the unity. I read a story about this man who once walked, into a book, walked past a bookstore. As he walked past the bookstore, he saw uh, a book at the, at, the front, at the front of the store called How to Hug. Now this man enjoyed a romantic read, so he went to the book, bookstore, grabbed the book and bought it. He went home, opened the book, and guess what? It wasn't a book about how to hug. No, it was actually an encyclopedia series between, uh, talking about the subjects between how and hug. In the same way, well, Christ did not give us word ministers to make us theological encyclopedias, encyclopedias of the word. Christ gave us word ministers to equip us to love, to hug one another. By serving, by serving humbly, equip the body, 
to hug one another if that will serve the body to build them up. Now, the giver gives us gifts for the goal. Christ gave us the apostles. So the, the, the apostles and prophets give us the, the message of truth about God's love. So they reveal God's mystery that the Jew and Gentile, they are united. And Christ gave us evangelists and pastor teachers. They, re, they give us the message of truth about God's love. They teach, they, they teach, they model, they preach the gospel that unites us. And then, and then we are united. We are, and we are equipped to humbly to serve one another. To build, to, to encourage one another. And as we do that, the body is built up. Now I'll come back to this diagram again, so don't worry if you didn't take a photo now. I want to tell you about a true story. Okay, so this is a true story that I read about in a book. It's about two ladies, Sally and Joe. Now Sally and Joe are committed Christians. And they are roommates. But they hated one another. So they would stick these hateful posters all over the house about the sins that the other has done. Sins like, will you put your shoes away? Or, this is the fifth time this month I'm telling you that you left your washing in the sink. Or, please do not use my coffee machine without my permission. How do you restore unity when there's so much hate? But their only communication is hateful scrawls on post-its. How do you do that? Well, their pastor took them to the Bible. Their pastor told them the story of Zacchaeus. Now Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He stole from people. People hated him. They called him a sinner. But Jesus, when Jesus came to this sinner, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. Now, Jesus didn't expose Zacchaeus' thefts. He didn't expose Zacchaeus' greed. He didn't even ask Zacchaeus to repent. Jesus just loved him while he was a sinner. That's God's love. That's the love that, that redeems rebels, that saves sinners to be sons, that unites the disunited Jew and Gentile. And Zacchaeus repented from his, repented from his sins without being asked. He gave half of his possessions to the poor, and he paid back four times whatever he stole. Now what does this mean for Sally and Joe? What does this mean? Yeah, their pastor told them that this means it wasn't the other person that was, that was the Zacchaeus. The pastor wanted to tell them, you are the Zacchaeus. Sally needed to know that it wasn't that she was the sinful Zacchaeus. Joe needed to know she was that sinful Zacchaeus. You see, that unity didn't start with them being, uh, it didn't start with them come, uh, living in this, living as roommates together. Their unity started when Jesus loved them. When Jesus loved them while they were still sinners. When Jesus saved them. So their pastor preached, applied the gospel, the, the gospel message from the apostles and the prophets. A message of truth that shows God's love for them. Now, if they, if they realize God's love for them, how could they ever, how could they ever have that hate for one another? How could they ever go on hating one another? And that's the same for us today. You and I have 
Ah, okay. Um, I must, maybe I'll change the battery later. Okay, so that's the same for us. We have the apostles and prophets' words in the Bible. And we have the evangelists and pastor teachers now, uh, and from those in, the, in church history, to teach us uh, the word, to model for us godly living. These ministers show, show us the message of truth, and the message of truth about God's love for us, so we can love one another. They show us our, sin, our sinfulness and God's love for us, so that we will be ready, ready to humbly serve one another, and the body grows up. So we saw just now that Christ, the giver, gives us the gift of word ministers. And that allows us to serve. So if you have a Bible, so you turn to chapter 4, verse 13. Chapter 4, verse 13. Until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay. Unity, unity is the goal. Unity is the end point. It's the destination. So un- our unity is in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So if you remember what we learned last week, knowledge of the Son of God, that's, that's a phrase that came up in chapter 3. This is where we know as much as we can possibly know about the love of Christ. The love of Christ is the pastor's knowing. This is where we will know Christ's love for us. By, we show that we know Christ's love for us by loving each other more. Now we'll talk about this at the end of our passage today. But first, chapter 4, verse 13 also shows us, as we do this, we become mature. We attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. To fully become the, to become the fully, the fully mature body of Christ. To look like who we are meant to be. To look exactly like Christ's body, that who, that submits to Him, that does what pleases, Jesus Christ. So in verses 1 to 6, we saw that we are already united. In, in verses 7 to 16, we, 7, to 6, 7 to 16, we see that we are being united to become who we are meant to be, uh, to become the mature body of Christ. Okay. So as we reach this ultimate goal, uh, our, our loving service will cause us to grow with truth. Okay. okay I got the slides back. Okay. Let's zoom a bit. Okay. There we are. Okay, so as we reach this ultimate goal, our loving service will cause us to grow with truth. So first, and it shows us two ways. So in first, this now we are from verse, at verses 14 to 16. There are two ways that we will grow with truth. First, our loving service will protect us from falsehood. From verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants, uh, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So this passage says, instead of being babies, we will become mature. So we will no longer be babies. We will no longer be tossed around by false teaching. False teaching that is cunning, that is scheming, that is crafty, that looks and smells like the truth. But when you compare it with what the apostles and prophets say, it's not. It's a lie. And our loving service will protect us from falsehood. Now how is that? How will our loving service protect us from falsehood? That's because one aspect of our loving service is we grow in truth. So, verse 15 and 16, how do we serve one another? Instead, speaking the truth in love, 
we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. How do we serve one another? We also serve one another by speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. This is something that every part of the body does. This is how we support one another in the body, where we are joined together, where we are held together. Now all of us do this. All of us have this responsibility, from the nursery children to the senior saints, from the students to the homemakers, to those in the workforce, to those to the retirees. Each part, all of us do our parts. And then we will grow up to, to look like Christ's body, to look like what Christ's body is supposed to look like when it's mature. Now we are already Christ's body when we believe in Jesus. But when we speak the truth in love, we grow. We become who we are meant to be. We become who we are meant to be as we speak the truth in love. Now, so Christ the giver gives us gifts of word ministers. And these word ministers they equip us to serve each other by speaking the truth. And as we do that, we grow. We grow, become more like Christ. And then we will not follow false teaching. And we will reach the goal, the end point of maturity, of, of, the, of this unity. The, to become the mature body of Christ. We will be filled with the knowledge of Christ's love for us. Our unity grows with the word. So, Christ gives us, gives us word ministers to equip us with the word so that we serve one another. Our unity grows with truth. So we speak the truth to one another. And our unity needs love. So we speak the truth to one another in love. Christ has equipped us to speak the truth in love. So we want to serve one another. We want to grow. We need both truth and love. Now, not 50% truth, 50% love. But 100% truth, 100% love. Truth speaking without love doesn't build the body because it's all about you. It's all about you offloading you whatever you want to say. It's all about you satisfying that burning desire to get whatever it is off your chest. But loving without truth telling doesn't build unity. It's also about you. It's also about you not wanting to get hurt. It's also about you not wanting to lose that friend. What Paul wants for us, what God wants for us, what Christ wants for us, is truth speaking done in love. For the other person is good. And we build each other up with the, with the message, with the message of truth of God's love. Therefore, this means that we speak, that when we speak, that we choose our words prayerfully and carefully. Choose your words before speaking. And this might also mean delaying what you have to say for a later time. But do not, do not put it off. Then as you do that, the whole body grows together to be, to be who we are meant to be, to be Christ's mature body. And what does unity look like for us? This means that we speak the, we speak the truth in love in whatever form, whatever form of gathering you find ourselves in. Maybe, uh, with those beside you, uh, in, when you're at physical church, or maybe at, over Zoom, on your break, in your breakout rooms, Talk to each other about what you learn. Pray for each other. That's how we grow in truth. 
But ignore the awkwardness in age, in our different backgrounds. Because we are all already united, and we, we together, we are being united. We are being united to attain to a whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, this once uh, after children's ministry, this was back when we were 19F, where our children came out uh, with stickers. Now, not this, uh, I don't have fever sticker. But they, they, their sticker said, ask me. Ask me uh, what I learned. So when you ask, the children will share with you what they learned during Sunday school. Now, this is what uh, unity looks like. So you have two people, a child and an adult. Nothing in common with them. Uh, both of them are already united in Christ. And they can talk about what they can talk about the gospel, about the message of truth, God's love. And as they do that, our unity grows. They, they grow a little bit. They, our, the body of Christ grows by a little bit. Now imagine if you can multiply that by many, many times. So imagine through the week, we speak the truth in love in our physical groups of five or in our, our groups in, over Zoom. And then maybe you know, during our Bible study, we speak the truth in love in our small groups. And maybe during the week, we meet with a Christian colleague or we meet with a Christian one-to-one, speak the truth in love. And we as a body will become much more mature. We will mature in Christ by a lot more. All of us will grow. And this is how we know that God, and this is how God will answer Paul's prayer for them to know Christ's love and to live out their unity under, under Christ. So back in Ephesians chapter 3, this is what Paul prays. Paul prays, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he, might, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of God's people to grasp how wide and, and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. My friends, God answers this prayer, God answers this prayer with Christ giving us word ministers to equip the body with the gospel. So as they speak the truth in love, then they speak the truth in love, and Christ will fully rule over them. Now today we're trying to find out how to be united. So we've seen two keys. So I'm going to phrase it slightly differently now. Regard the unity because you are already united by serving in love. And we grow the unity because we are, you are being united by speaking the truth in love. My friends, I recently learned something about termites. Okay, I, don't, I won't put a picture of termites here to keep you out. I recently learned something about termites. I learned that termites, termites can build termite mounds that reach up to 10 meters. You'll see that giraffe there. Now, based on their size and compared with our size, that's about 10 times, I don't, yeah, I don't think you can see that. That's Singapore Flyer. 10 times Singapore Flyer. Now, how do they build these molds? How do they build these molds? What happens is, each termite carries a small grain of dirt, a bit at a time, a bit at a time. It seems insignificant, but when you put all these, all these bits of dirt together, when all the termites are working together, they build you a cathedral. Friends, when we serve in love, when we speak the truth in love, 
our small actions they seem insignificant. When we guard, when we guard and we grow the unity by using that, doing the small things that we can do. But when we do that, when we all do that together, we ultimately grow to become the body of Christ. The mature, we grow to become the mature body of Christ. My friends, how to be united? The Christ has, the church is already united because Christ has won us peace. So the church is being united, it's already united because Christ wants peace, and the church is being united as we, as we use our Christ-given gifts to speak the truth in love to one another. Then we guard the unity by serving in love, we grow the unity by speaking the truth in love. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, please help us to grasp the truths in this passage. And may we love you with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And may we love our neighbor as ourselves. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.